Hi, and welcome to episode 178 of No Crying in Baseball, the Sorry Jose, They Are Still Together episode. My name is Patty. I'm here with my friend Potty Mouth. Hi, Potty Mouth. Hey there. I, I know what you're talking about. Are, are you going to explain it for the listeners or is it going to be just like a little surprise? We can we can certainly explain it. You know, there were all these rumors about uh, J-Lo and A-Rod having broken up and Jose Canseco taking a lot of credit. I mean, you know, he is our familiar, our sort of our spirit animal for this podcast, right? He does predict stuff. He's, he's got yeah. a pretty good record. So he took took you know credit for having predicted the breakup, but as it turns out, they posted a um, a joint statement saying we're just working some stuff out. Back off, everybody. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Nice try, though. I'm strangely happy for them. I d- I didn't expect to react so sad when I heard about their potential breakup. And you know, A Rod, I'm just is not one of my favorites, and he, he totally doesn't deserve her in so many ways. But there's something that was really sweet about them and the family. And I don't know. I just I I feel like he's grown finally, and I have hope for A Rod. It's true. And you you never like to see a you know a long relationship. Yeah. Dissolve, you know. So good luck, kids. Hope you work it all out. Yeah. I have a, a little happy fun thing that's that's not gonna be happy for the listeners, but for us, because I, I forgot to tell you this. Today is Pi Day, right? It's the March 14th. And so this is gonna be too late by the time you all hear it. But I gotta ask you, the Southern Maryland Blue Crabs, they're the Atlantic League. They're in Waldorf, which I had no idea. That's pretty close to us, like relatively. It's not if bad. We, yeah. If we buy tickets today, they're $3.14 for any game of the season. I figure it's like worth it just to support them $3.14 worth. Like even if we don't, aren't sure of a date. I think we should do this. Yeah. Because you know what? I didn't bake a pie to celebrate pie day. So, <laughs> so we need I to do some spending $3.14 might be yeah. a thing to do. Okay. Let's remember to do that when we're all done. Yeah. And they're one of the, um, you know, no longer connected to MLB Atlantic League. So we need to support Indie Ball. No, they've they've been in an independent league for a while. They are not newly independent. They are they are part oh, of the independent really? league. Yeah, the Atlantic League is independent. They're ones who were um, testing out a lot of the crazy rules for MLB's commissioner. We'll talk more about that later. But they've been the ones testing out these rules in oh, previous yay. years. Yes. Okay. Yes. I'm super psyched then. Yep. Indeed. Indeed. On today's show, we've got rules, glorious rules. We've got updates on um, recent boyfriends. We've got COVID, are you kidding me, things to report. We've got our very last boyfriend profiles of the season this week, the Rays and the Dodgers. We've got some feedback about school picture day for MLB players, and it was CPBL's opening day, and as always, some more international baseball. So Potty Mouth is very excited that I have taken on the crazy rules to try to explain them to you, dear listeners, because... Holy Toledo, there is a bucket of them this time. There is a bucket of them. All right, so all the rules get tested out somewhere else before they go to the majors. Like I just mentioned, the Independent League has often been a place to try some things out. Now it's the minors, and especially now because MLB has complete control over minor league teams now. You know, is this this all about timing? Let's get full control so we can try these things out. Maybe. Oh, that's slimy. Very well, believable. Yeah, maybe, but- maybe. Yeah, maybe. So um, one fun fact about the minors before we get into the rules is when players get cut from spring training, they get sent down to the minors. But the minors don't start until April. So players are getting cut and really they can still sort of 
hang out at their locker because there's nowhere uh-huh. else to go. But when they do get cut, they do lose their major league uh, privileges, including their major league pay. So they may still be hanging around the ballpark because there isn't another one to go to just yet, but they aren't getting their um, allowances and all of that stuff because minor leaguers get screwed. And here's another way that minor leaguers have no control in that these rules that are being tested out in the minor leagues, if when, when and if they graduate to the major leagues, they will have to be negotiated as part of the collective bargaining agreement, which is due at the end of this year to, to, for negotiation. So again, th- this is actually a good time to try things out. But one one writer was saying that, oh, actually one of the lawyers um, was saying, this is like, there are experiments without the consent of the other side. Mm-hmm. Minor league players have no say in what these rules are. The goal of these rules, the stated goal is to encourage the most entertaining version of the game. So they're trying oh. things to like, you know, to make... To, to show off the athleticism of the players a little more, to have more more balls in play. I mean, I agree with that goal. I want to see balls in play. I hate it's that, you know, just home runs or strikeouts, right? You know right. me, I love small ball. So I, I get that. It's, it's And I don't want to be that person who says we can't have new rules. Mm-hmm. We can't change things. Because some of these things might end up being for the better. But you know what? Let me tell you what they are. Okay. And then we'll All right, see. Yeah. All right. I'm, I'm reserving. I'm biting my tongue until I know the full it's story. It's just that anything that comes from the commissioner's office, we get our backs up immediately for, because of good reason, right? Yeah. So first one is basically creating a way for there to be no more shifts because, you know, shifts right. are like cilantro. You love yeah. them or you hate them, right? So the way they're doing this, this one they're trying out in double A. No, no level of the minor leagues is trying out multiple rules. They're spreading them out, which is probably good. Like you don't like make it too crazy for anybody, but right. still. So in double A, no shift and how they're doing that infielders have to have both their feet in the infield. Right. So when they shift like the, um, you know, the, the third baseman will go over to the right hand side and get into the outfield, for instance, yeah. that can't happen. They've got to either be on the infield grass or the, or the infield dirt. So no, you know, no major shift. Okay. In AAA, this one I'm a little fascinated by. The bases, the bags themselves are going to be larger. They're going to be 18 inches instead of 15 inches. And one result of that is you're four and a half inches closer to having a stolen base because you're reducing mm. by, by, you know, a tiny little bit. But, you know, how often you get tagged out by a smidge. That's a lot, really. Yeah. But but what I like about it is these bags are supposed to be safer. How right. many games have we gone to where it's been raining or drizzling and we have witnessed horrible knee yeah. injuries and someone has skidded across the back? These bags are supposed to have better drainage and more non-skid surface built into them. Mm, and a, they're wow. a little bit closer, to, a little bit lower. Like they're, they're not like kicking up above ground level as much. So I'm all for that. I really am for that. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know that the size is going to make that much of a difference in the number of bases getting stolen or whatever, but the safety is a good one. Then we come to the, the anti-pickoff stuff. Now I am, as you know, as someone who has sat next to me at zillions of ball games now, I often yell, throw the damn ball when yeah. I get tired of, of pickoff attempts, right? So now in high A, the rule is the pitcher has to step completely off the rubber, which is going to take more time and make it very obvious that they are going to attempt to pick off. Interesting. So there'll be fewer pickoffs. In low A, the pitcher is limited to two free 
pickoff attempts. If they go mm-hmm. past two pickoff attempts, that batter that the 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 runner has to either be out or a bulk gets called on the pitcher. So no more three, four, five. This is a good time mm-hmm. to run to the restroom. You know, yeah, pickoff attempts. I was hoping for that in the CPBL the other day. It was ridiculous. And right. it was totally felt like you stopped throwing a first base. So mm-hmm. I, maybe I'd be behind that. I don't know. It's just, uh, I, I have an issue with change, but that kind of makes sense. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Robo umps will be tried out in low A Southeast and a variety mm-hmm. of pace of play clocks that got so complicated that I'm not even going to list them here. Uh, are being tried out in the um, the low A Western Western Division. They will they include pitch clocks, times um, between batters, time between innings, and something about the batter having to pay attention to the pitcher. I would think that they would do that kind of naturally, right? <laughs> Don't batters pay attention? Well, except that if they're delaying, if they're delaying yeah. on their own, right? So they, that is limited. So. It's kind of uh, fascinating. So I don't disagree with the ideas behind some of these. We'll see how they come out. Uh, you know, time yeah. to tell. So I hope you said they were, they were trying to minimize changes per league. They should ideally just have one because if you have one more, that more than one change, that's too many variables and you're a scientific experiment. So I hope every league has just one change the the list that i have here is is definitely just one per league and in some it's just like this part of this division in low a and that division in low a have different ones so yeah the the other well that's good science that's good science right yeah well and the other science thing that from our, our friend meredith the astrophysicist said asked about the data behind these decisions so theoretically for each one of these scientific experiments they should have some data that tells that this is a good idea. And does that exist? Like, is I, I, I buy it for the base, like what you're talking about with the safe bases. I like mm-hmm. that. It seems like, I don't know, there, there's got to be data about injuries, but what about the other stuff? So they actually, there have been a lot of fan surveys among other mm. things. And what kind of feedback are you getting from fans? And if they had asked me about pickoffs, Right. I would be, you know, that's that's, that's one of my pet peeves right there. So I think some of these are, are in response to what they've been hearing from fans and possibly potential fans. Okay. I don't know. But um, I'm torn about the shift. I mean, you can't both hate the shift and the bunt. I mean, if you're going to embrace the, the, the shift, then you better also embrace the bunt. I and mean, people don't get that. Yeah. So I don't know. I think give it a season. We'll see what all of this looks like. I just don't want things to be implemented just sort of, you know, by fiat. Yeah. Well, I have have one more question for you, and that is the timing of this announcement. So why announce this now when spring training is underway? Why wasn't this decided in the complete offseason? Spring training is not underway for the minor leagues. Spring training for the minor leagues doesn't start until April. So they are, in fact, announcing it in advance of that. For them. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yep, that is my story. I'm sticking with it. Tell, let's talk about some some boyfriends of recent times. Sure. Just a couple of things uh, jumped out at me. So I, I guess I could do our spiel early. What we do every week is choose these boyfriends in the offseason, one per team because they're cool. And then we try to keep an eye on them. And I'm not always the best at that. But a couple of things jumped out this week for two guys that I have chosen this year in the offseason. 
And one is my little rookie Astros boyfriend, Jose Siri, who I had chosen because I had been watching him playing in the Dominican League. And he went through a spring training learning experience. So, you know, the spring training, not not just for the skills like your batting and, and fielding, but also <laughs> your <laughs> attitude. So Yadier Molina is catching, series at first base. He tries to take off for the steal. And Yadi throws. Yadi had the ball as catcher, throws to first. Siri makes it back in time before the throw. So not does he just make it back in time, but then he does a little wag toward Yadi, like, like you're not going to get me. And Yadi or Molina, like the look in his eyes was just like, little boy, you don't know who you're talking to. Sure enough, Siri had the balls to steal and Yadi threw him out at second with plenty of time. It was just such a perfect throw to second. So I, I hope Jose Siri's learning a little bit, and I hope that he makes it so that he can be on my team. Uh, other boyfriend I, I heard about because um, he hurt himself in a game yesterday, a hamstring injury for Shogo Akiyama, who's my Reds boyfriend, who go back a few episodes, you'll know that he's the first Japanese player that the Reds have signed, moved his whole family over. It was this whole big deal, little kids, his wife getting used to stuff. One of those oh freaky Lord. accidents, his wife was out hiking, hiking, like a nature trail. Like, you know, when you walk around here, I always, you see so many trees that have fallen. And I always think to myself, huh, you know, I wonder what was happening the instant that tree was falling. Because you think, I'm told, anyway, a tree fell on her is the punchline. A tree that was 30 inch diameter. So it was a big fucking tree. And she was helicoptered out. Um it sounds like she's okay now. She was not trapped under the tree. The articles that I read did specify that. It hit her in the head. She was bleeding, and there is some serious injury. I haven't been able to find anything else except for, of course, um, Akiyama had to leave spring training for a little while. This is like last week of February, beginning of March, um, that he was out, and then he's back, and now he's hurt. So I, I really hope that things look up for him because he was – he was looking like a really bright, like new, excited to be here kind of person. And what a shitty start. Seriously, that's very, very scary. That is no joke. I actually have one that is sort of a joke. So Byron hmm. Buxton was my twin's boyfriend back in 2018, mm-hmm. right? My, my, my very first twin's boyfriend. Who knows? That, I guess that would have been right. Um, he yeah. had to have a root canal because he broke a tooth. He broke a tooth on a stake. And I just want to say... Oh. You are well enough off, sir, that you can afford (laughs) a cut of meat that won't cause you to break your teeth while you eat. Potty mouth will coach you on your dietary choices all around. Although I'm okay with the whole omnivore thing, but really, really? I mean, that's up there with like drones and opening cans of soup, you know, cans of beans and suitcases and things. But really, you broke a tooth on a steak, Byron. What the actual hell? Yeah, I was, of course, going to say that I you know, highly suggest the vegetarian diet. There's usually nothing that's going to break your tooth in there. So, yep. Wow. Wow. Hey, um, so from injuries to, I don't know, pandemics, here's your COVID report. Um, <laughs> only two new positives this week of an over 14,000 monitoring tests. Wow. They were both players. That brings the number of clubs that have had somebody testing positive to 17. But again, that percentage is so freaking low. So keep doing what you're doing, Major League Baseball. I don't know that I can say the same, say the same about I don't know, ballparks. 
Well, about Texas. Oh my God. The Rangers. That's crazy. Are saying a hundred percent capacity for opening day. And then they will lower it later on. But you know how they're going to protect those, those game, the fans coming to the game. They're going to be going to open the roof. They're going to, well, they're going to keep the roof roof open unless it's raining and then they won't. Right. But they're going to, they're going to like, they're going to ban tailgating because that they don't want groups of people to congregate except for apparently the thousands of people who will be congregating in a stadium shoulder to freaking shoulder on opening day. That makes no sense. Correct. Tailgating is so much better spaced out than a, a, a full stadium, a fucking full stadium. That's crazy. Well, they did cite the guidance from their governor, who, as we know, did not listen mm-hmm. to any guidance from his medical advisors in opening right. up the whole freaking state. So um, we can pin this one on the governor, but I'm sorry. The team could have like could be taking better care of their fans than this. So currently everyone but the Nationals has announced some percentage of fans being led huh. into the um to ballparks most of them are 30 percent or lower or much lower i think somebody's at 50 and then of course texas we're just writing off completely and some are more like at 10 percent um but um, the nats will probably announce something within days the initial announcement was they haven't had approval yet so i think them um, the that the district um, that dc's um, you know, health department is keeping an eye on numbers to see what they think is possible. But I will say that Potty Mouth and I have made a decision to go to some baseball games because we will both Woo-hoo. be fully vaccinated and have superpowers kick in before what, Potty Mouth, before what happens? Be- before we go to baseball games? Before the <laughs> Orioles host before- the Red Sox. Oh, yeah. Their, their yes, homestand, yes. their first opening homestand. Yeah, and we're also going to go into the nosebleed seats. So mm-hmm. we figured, you know, we're going to be above everybody, totally open air. Actually physically and not, not just emotionally. And right. All those things. <laughs> but just the idea, like I've been very emotional all day, like thinking about this, the idea of seeing. And of course, you know, then they layered on, oh, I'm pissed off at the Red Sox. That kind of sucks. And but but still, like the whole tradition and the feeling going to see the Red Sox at Camden Yards is going to be really nice. Going to see the Orioles, going to see the Orioles at Camden Yards is going to be really great. I'm never pissed off at them. <laughs> I am excited to see Rio Ruiz, who's my Orioles boyfriend. Like he's a cool dude. I'm very excited to see him. And and I'm excited to see Enrique Hernandez. Like there's some people, it'll be fun. It'll be super fun. So to be clear, our dear listeners, we're talking about two people who are we fully vaccinated Plus the extra weeks right. to, to vaccines kick in, mask mandate, pod seating so no one will be near us, open air, yep. up high. So we evaluated right. these choices for at least 10 seconds before we jumped on <laughs> buying the five pack of tickets that we're going to. But in five games, five I games. Good. And then, you know, that reserves opportunity to go to some Nats games if they release some. Yay. Yay. That yeah. is our COVID report, my friends. Let's talk about some guys. So we will move on to our very last sniff baseball boyfriend segment as far as choosing them. We're going to follow through with these guys. And at the end, we'll tell you a little bit about our fantasy league. But what we did over the offseason was we started with the teams with the worst records and we worked our way up. So, of course, this week we're talking Rays, we're talking Dodgers, we're talking those two World Series teams. And starting off with the American League, I am learning. So this podcast has been a huge learning experience for me. I have had an incredible tendency to prematurely choose boyfriends. Read Fernando Tatis Jr., 
chose him his rookie year beyond, you know, like when he was first coming up. Um, same with Bobby Dahlbeck, who I chose last year, and I'm sure he's going to do really well with the Red Sox this year. So I was this close to choosing Wander Franco because I was super psyched. He's the number one prospect, and he had been playing for my Dominican League team. So I had been watching him in the offseason before he got hurt and came up. But then I saw a Red Sox Rays spring training game, and the announcers pretty much said that he's not going to play. He might come in late, but it's going to be a while. And I need a shortstop. Like the, the way that our, our teams are shaping up, I needed a backup shortstop. I only have one listed. So I am going with the guy who is in uh, Wander Franco's place, but I love him. It's a Willie Rafael Luna Adames shortstop 25 years old he is the cutest guy he is so sweet i love his spirit there's so much wonderful about him he's from a little town in the dominican republic called janico and he he talked about in this interview as sort of it's a small town where everybody knows everybody and things are super chill and it sounds like a gorgeous place. It's by a river where he used to go swimming. And he said when he was a kid, he used to sneak out of the house at night, despite being caught multiple times by my parents, which I totally respect. Like that's, <laughs> that's the kind of energy that I'm really good with. Baseball since age five, living and breathing. He signed with the Tigers in, um, in 2012. And in 2014, he was part of a three-team trade that landed him in Tampa. And the, the biggest name in that trade was David Price going to Detroit. So interesting, as Red Sox and Dodgers people might want to know that his, his pathway. So Willie played in the Futures game, always a good sign, 2016 for the world team. And he was the number one raised prospect for several years, for 15 through 17. He spent some time with the Durham Bulls, which, of course, we love us some Bulls. And in April 2018, this kid, he gets a grand slam off the bull. And the deal is <laughs> there's this big-ass bull way in the outfield for the Durham Stadium. And if you hit the bull as a, as a player, you get a free stake from whoever, whatever. Please don't break your teeth on this stake. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yep. I'm I'm hoping that he got a quality stake. Uh, interestingly, that offer for the free stake does not go to the visiting team. So if you're a visitor and you hit the bull, you know, tough shit. Too bad. You got a home run. Uh, the next night after he hit the bull, he hit for the cycle. Oh, my Lord. Yeah. And he hit for the cycle, not just the first time for him. But since the Bulls, the Durham Bulls have been AAA, which I don't know, it's 90s, something like that. It was the first cycle for them at home. And this is the best part when asked, like, what's with this grand slam in a cycle two nights in a row? He said, it's my mom. So folks who haven't heard us before, we're like big into the mom thing because, you know, we're both moms. He said, it's my mom. She brings me luck all the time. She was visiting. And she used to like his parents would come visit, you know, every so often and go see a game. And so he said, I'm going to have to extend her stay. She's my good luck charm. <laughs> That's really sweet. Love it. Absolutely love it. He debuted in May 2018 at the Trop. And it was one of those like last minute things. Another player went out on paternity leave and he like just made it before the game because he had to fly in. He less than an hour before the game. He uh, 
got a hit. He got a solo home run off of Chris Sale playing against the Red Sox. So that's another like good personal connection for me. Um, he was up and down, though, for 2018, all sorts of weird personnel shaking around. But 2019 was his first season on full season on the Rays. And he got two home runs in the ALDS, even though they eventually lost it that year. But he had as a rookie, especially like his first full rookie year, he was doing really well and he had great energy in that ALDS. He hit 385 in the series. And and oh not only that, though, so even more is his energy and how he is like that hyping everybody else up guy, the one who's cheering for every other player. And in game four, it came down to that they brought in Blake Snell to close. So like read, you know, what went wrong in 2020. This guy had pitched. He had started game two and they bring him in to close game four because this was do or die. You know, they went on to lose game five, but they lost this game four. But Adamis is the one who went over to Snell before he was going in, gave him a big hug and said, I love you, man. You got this. We have your back. So do your thing and make your pitches. And that's the guy that you want on your team. Oh, yes. And yeah. And and this year he did not repeat the performance in the World Series. He actually had a really shitty season. But even, you know, Kevin Cash said that it was his personality, like his infectious personality that keeps everybody going. And the the last time I actually talked about him was during the World Series when he hugged Mookie Betts because he was playing second base and Mookie stole second. And in that game where he had gotten that home run off of Chris Sale because it was against the Red Sox, he had made that connection with Mookie, who had gotten, I think, three home three three run home run that night. So they both hit big home runs. And they like hit it off. And he said since then, for Betts, every time he gets to second. He would hug him and talk to him and uh, treat me like he knew me his whole life. Oh, that's great. Super sweet. Uh, So he didn't do so well last year in the playoffs, but he spent the offseason training with Cincinnati Reds legends shortstop Barry Larkin. He's working really hard and he's the nice guy. He checks off all the baseball boyfriend boxes. He went to Yadier Molina's home run derby softball event for continuing uh, funding for recovery for Puerto Rico from Hurricane Maria. He was big with supporting Chris Archer when there was a teammate, having all sorts of great events for local homeless youth. And there's some cool posts of him visiting children's hospitals in the Dominican Republic. He's a bat flipper, which is always a good thing. Post a link to an epic May 19 walk off bat flip, but he's not a showy guy in the material sense. So he is like that guy for spirit and he's got that guy for bat flip, but he uses the hashtag no book bag. And I guess that means like you're not flaunting your stuff. He uses it to mean you're not, he's not the guy with the huge chains and the fancy car. He's not showing off in a material kind of way. He likes going back to the DR in the off season, hanging out in the beach and the mountains, being around nature. I would like those things. I love them. Sure. I love them. Good pick. I like it. I like it. So even though I told you for sure, for absolute sure, I was going to pick Brett Phillips for my boyfriend for the raise. I ended up not doing it. Like you had even said, didn't you pick him before? And I hadn't, but I went back and when he had his whole baseball is fun, you know, airline mm-hmm. walk off excitement 
from last year, I did profile him because of that as the hero we didn't know oh. we needed. And I realized I did okay. already tell you guys sort of the things that you needed to know about him. So um, we're going to skip that. But also, I kind of needed backup third baseman. So ah. my second choice became yeah. my first choice. And it's Michael Brasso. And we talked about him, too, because of Araldus fucking Chapman. So um, in, a, right. in, in all the best ways. So um, Michael Brasso, third base, 26 years old, from Munster, Indiana. He went to a place in a place that aren't the places you'd think. He went to Oakland University in Rochester, Michigan. So, yeah, so don't be fooled. I'm confused. Okay. Yes. He was not drafted in 2016, which was his junior year in college. Not drafted. So he sat through all of those rounds and all of those picks, and his name was never called. He was, by scouts, considered a good college player and just fine. And Mm -hmm. he's another one of these guys who was 5'9", not the super tall guy. And so as we've talked about with some previous boyfriends, got overlooked, right, mm-hmm. by, um, by a lot. So he refers to that day, that draft day, as that day in June 2016 when nobody wanted me. Oh, that's so sad. Well, except that he says it has given him a chip on his shoulder that he can think back to when he tries to prove everybody wrong. So he's kind of got some strength that's for it. it. So he actually got got signed to the Rays in a really bizarre way. He was signed sort of as a free agent, which almost never happens for Americans, right? You know, you get international free agents that were not drafted. So he was not drafted. The Rays had on their Gulf Coast team, right? They're the lowest level of minor leagues was short and infielder. And so they used their network of scouts and college coaches and whatever saying, we need somebody. And the scout was friends with the coach at Oakland university in Rochester, Michigan. And he said, remember this guy, he'd be great. Hmm. So the scout met him at a bar near the school and offered him a thousand dollars to sign up. Wow. A thousand dollars. And he had his bags packed in his car and said, yes, please. Can I go now? Oh, wow. He said, I was going to send you out tomorrow. He's like, well, I'm ready now. And so he booked him on a flight (laughs) that very day. And he was in Florida that night. And he proceeded to hit 319 that season and 321 the next season in single A. And then they sent him to winter ball in Australia where he hit 427. So in the last two seasons, he played 86 games. And over 240 plate appearances, he batted 284 with 11 home runs. And he played... First, second, and third, left field, right field, DH'd, and four games at pitcher. Four games. You know, I, I remember those. Actually, I totally remember mm-hmm. those. In fact, in the in the wild card game, the Rays over Oakland, he played three infield positions in a single game. That's so cool. But the thing that brought him to, I'm going to go ahead and speak for us and say our attention, probably mm-hmm. is when Araldus Chapman threw 101 miles per hour at his head and just barely missed him in September. And Chapman got a three game suspension because of that. And then, you know, dial forward till October and, and Ambrosso hits a home run off of Chapman in game five of the ALCS, which ended up being the fastest pitch hit for a home run that season, including the postseason. 
And everyone called that sweet justice, sweet, sweet justice. And we sure did too, but we probably threw in some outside words also. But my, my story about this that made me so happy was his parents often don't watch the games together because his mom likes to talk to her mom during the games and dad wants to just focus, listen to the announcers. So <laughs> often he will go upstairs on some, you know, is whatever is, but over Wi-Fi, and is the mom is downstairs and she's hardwired to the internet. So she's getting things a little bit faster. So there's a delay. Their decision was, so I'll be upstairs, you be downstairs. We'll each take one dog with us. Right. So when this crazy home run after this epic at bat happened, she start mom started cheering downstairs like five seconds before anything happened upstairs. And so dad said, I didn't know what happened, but I knew it was going to be good. That's so fun. So and on the dog theme, Mike's got a border collie named Doc because Doc is a very, very smart dog. That is my story. I'm, I'm watching one of my heroes from the Rays this year as my boyfriend. He's a great pick. He's a great pick. And I remember when talking about him as a potential dude when that whole thing happened. Indeed. So I guess my theme for this week is like it's worth the wait. Like <laughs> definitely to, to to do the wait because I was also seriously contemplating choosing Gavin Lux last week last year for the Dodgers because of his crazy hot reputation as a prospect. I didn't just because I needed a first baseman. Like I kind of got stuck with Max Muncie last year. I wasn't really happy about him, but whatever. It worked out. We didn't do the the fantasy thing, so it worked out fine. But I've sort of had Gavin Lux, you know, I've been watching him since then. He's going to be playing second base. Maybe he can fill in and short sometimes when it's necessary because he's done both. And he's a young kid. He's 23 years old. He's from Kenosha, Wisconsin which should ring a bell, and I'll get back to that at the end. But he comes from a, a big baseball family. His his mom's dad was actually a minor league pitcher. And when he was a kid, his mom said that she let him try all the sports. She just wanted to, you know, give him all the options, let his make his, him make his choice, even though she was kind of um, rooting for baseball because of the family. Actually, her, her brother, Augie Schmidt, was a first round draft pick and he lasted like four or five years and ended up being a really important person for Gavin Lux. But one day when Gavin was six years old, he came and he told his mom, I just want to play baseball. And he said, my heart's in the shape of a baseball. Oh my God. I'm in love. Can you imagine your six year old kids saying that to you be like, Oh yes, honey, you're going to play. So his uncle Schmidt was basically like his role model, you know, through his life, but he let him be, he like waited till Gavin came to him. And he said it was pretty much when he was around 12 years old and the, and the big way that they connected was more, he says on the mental game than on the physical game because Schmidt looks back on his own experience lasting just four to five years. And he'll, he says that it's cause he couldn't handle the rough times. Like he couldn't handle the times when he wasn't succeeding. So he had that perspective to pass along and boy, does Gavin need that. He started off, you know, super high six, uh, 2016 first round draft pick out of high school and just took off in the minors. In 2018 and 19, he was minor league player of the year for the Dodgers organization. And I didn't realize that their their minor league player of the year award is called the Branch Ricky Award. Huh. Who's the right? The guy who brought in Jackie Robinson. It is. So that's, that's a, right. 
Sweet. The Dodgers do some nice, I, sorry, Padres friends. They, they do some nice things once in a while. Uh, he was a futures game player, 2019, and that year counted as number two prospect of um, MLB Pipeline. Baseball America called him the 2019 Minor League Player of the Year. So I, you know, he had caught my attention. Apparently he caught the attention of a lot of other people too. And there were rumors like crazy that he would be that perfect trade piece. You know, he's that guy, that hot prospect that you could get if you need somebody now. And the Dodgers had, you know, very hot and heavy playoff seasons that where they've been struggling, had been struggling till this last year. And he said he stopped his Twitter account because he just couldn't deal with it. So he just turned off Twitter. They did not trade him. He debuted in September 2019 against the Rockies with two hits and three runs. His first home run was in Baltimore. And in the World Series in October 2019, a World Series that's very near and dear to our hearts, he got a pinch hit solo home run off of Hunter Strickland, who I have conveniently forgot actually was on the Nats that year. I tried to block the whole thing out from, from start to finish. Yep. Yeah. So I do. I very much remember this. Wait, who just hit a home run? What's going on? And he beat out our friend Cody Bellinger as the youngest Dodger with a postseason home run at that point. So in 2020, something went wrong. I mean, 2020, it's that, you know, I always come back to that because I've had so many boyfriends who struggled last year. And man, we all struggled last year, didn't we? We did. So he was late to that summer camp thing that they happened for undisclosed reasons. So nobody's saying the word COVID. I couldn't find anything anywhere. But it seems like that just threw him off. And he was kept at the alternative site until August. In the, in, in the wonderful, successful Dodgers postseason last year, they didn't need him. He, hit, he pinch hit one game, and he wasn't on most of the ra- rosters. So it wasn't actually the breakout year that everybody had anticipated at the, as this up-and-coming prospect who had been rating so high. But here's where Uncle Schmidt comes into play. And he said, it's probably a good thing and my career struggles were early on so I can learn how to deal with it, learn how to deal with failure. So I think that part with his uncle came back around. And I, I'm hoping, because I'm picking him for this year, that he's going to pull it back together. He's been doing pretty well, actually, really well this year, spring training 316 so far. So knock on wood. But then there was, there's always like, okay, what's the baseball boyfriend thing? So I'd seen Kenosha, Wisconsin and thought, damn, that rings a bell. And it's because of Black Lives Matter. And that's where the shooting of Jacob Blake was. And as with so many of these players, they took a moment and maybe more than a moment to let this sink in and realize that they had the platform, they had the voice to do something about it. And um, Lux has a black brother-in-law and nephew. And he said, I can't look at my nephew in the eye and say, hey, man, I didn't fight for you. So it's not clear what he's done to follow through, but there are a lot of interviews with him at the time saying that he wanted to do fundraising, say, for local businesses that had been damaged by the whole riot situation. And he was part of that Dodgers really poignant um, In This Together video, which was the non-Black Dodgers players basically saying we're here as allies. And it was led by Clayton Kershaw, who speaks really well. Definitely worth seeing. And they made T-shirts and the funds for that went to the California Funders for Boys and Men of Color. 
So I'm I'm happy with Gavin Lux. I'm happy that I, you know, managed to be patient and wait long enough for these guys. And I think he's going to have a great year. That's impressive. Good pick. Very, very good pick. I'm staying in sort of the general area in the of the country where I started. I'm going to Louisville to pick Will hmm. Smith, catcher Will Smith, 25 years old, as my very last boyfriend pick of this season. His dad played high school ball and coached him in Little League, a little bit in high school. And from his dad, he learned, do the job correctly and clean up after it, no matter what it is. <laughs> I love that. So he's got the work ethic, right? His mom is from outside of Cleveland, as am I. So that's a nice thing. And she was a teacher and is now the counselor at Kentucky Country Day School, which is the school that Will Smith went to. And she tells the story that when he was 10 or 11, he caught... 299 consecutive balls that he threw against one of those pitchback nets. You know, you throw it and then it comes back and you try to catch it. But he dropped number 300. So he just started over again because his goal was to catch 300 oh straight. Oh, my God. So that's the kind of guy that's he crazy. is, right? And, you know, he um, he went to the University of Louisville. And so he now lives in Louisville. And I guess all the people who go pro after going to the University of, of Louisville <laughs> have like this little, you know, thumbprint entry into the facilities they can go in and use the facilities in the off season so in the off season he's there like two hours a day in the batting cages and all of that so he's like staying part of that community but before he got there when he was at kentucky country day school that's you know k through senior right because you know that's one of those private schools k through senior right he made varsity when he was a seventh grader he played third base which for which you need a rocket of an arm and was a relief pitcher in seventh grade. He said, as a seventh grader, I was pitching to guys with beards. How big is he? Is I, he like? He's not. Wasn't one of those all about big a guy either. He really wasn't. Wow. He was, however. So he went. He um. So he played. You know. So you know. He pitched. He played third base. He played around the infield a little bit. When he went to the University of Louisville, he became a catcher full time, and mm. he had a kind of a slow build to becoming really great. Like he was. He was a good college player. He was a really good college player, but just in time for the draft, his offense really shot through the roof. And so what happened was a lot of these scouts who were coming to scout pitchers would see him. So he came to the attention of really all the teams, and he was taken in the first round in 2016 by the Dodgers. His debut in the majors was in May 2019, but the first two times he went up was really a cup of coffee, short little visits. His third trip to the majors in July of 2019 was a big freaking deal, though, because Dave Roberts decided to send down Austin Barnes, who had been their starting catcher. And Russell Martin, my former boyfriend, said, nope, he's going to be the backup catcher to you, Will Smith, 25-year-old rookie. You are my new starting catcher. He did wow. not disappoint. He had hit 10 home runs in his first 25 games. Two of the first three home runs were walk-offs. He had whoa, that's so cool! Isn't that exciting? Right? He had nineteen yeah, run, nineteen runs, ba runs batted in in the first fourteen games, which is a Dodger record. As was the the ten home runs in in the first twenty five games. So he has you know made quite the quite the impression, right? So he's a good guy. He's a good guy. He, again, I told you he went back, you know, he lives, his home base is in Louisville. So a lot of his community work is there, including um, back in June, he, you know, worked with the University of Louisville Healthcare 
hospital workers to like pack and deliver it actually and you know sponsored 100 meals so he, he does that kind of thing at the community level but one of the things i want to talk about is the name will smith because it has just sort of blown up into this whole thing. I mean, there are a lot of Will Smiths out there. Only a few of them are famous, right? So one of the fun times that this that Will Smith was a thing was in game five of the 2020 NLCS against Atlanta, he hit a three-run home run off of Atlanta's pitcher, Will Smith. And that was the... Oh, wow. So that was the Will Smith versus Will Smith smackdown. It was the first <laughs> time in the postseason that a, a pitcher and a batter had the same name. So of all the Will Smiths in the world, that was the first time that, that you know, that people say name met in the postseason. And the other Will Smith, the Atlanta Will Smith said, that was just the first time, you know, check us in a couple of years and we'll see who wins the battle of the Will right. Smiths, right? So this nice Kentucky boy is really leaning into the whole Will Smith thing. And for a while, his Instagram, he was the, the, the Fresh Prince of LAD, which I liked. One of the announcers, one of the commentators for the Dodgers, the home run call for when Will Smith hits it over the wall is I am legend. Sweet. Right. My Good. my well favorite my favorite thing though is he actually finally met actor Will Smith. Well, he met him over Zoom because the two of them, I guess um actor Will Smith has I think one of those newfangled social media things that the kids have. I don't know if it was Snapchat, I think it was a Snapchat thing. Uh, it's got a series where Will Smith actor invited Will Smith ball player on to surprise this eight-year-old in Los Angeles named Aaron Moreno. And Aaron, very poor family, what he would do as an eight-year-old was he would save up money and buy up plants. And he had a, a little business called Aaron's Garden. And he would go resell those plants as a profit to try to help his family. And word got out about this. So a lot of people were buying plants they probably didn't need from Aaron because this was such a good story about this kid trying desperately to help his family that they ended up being able to like buy a car for the family and that kind of stuff. But back to the, the surprise, the online surprise from Will Smith and Will Smith, they gave him you know a PlayStation and Dodgers tickets and $10,000 from Nextdoor, you know, that neighborhood network. And, wow. and next door is listing his business, Aaron's Gardens, for free so more people can buy from him. But then they played a trivia game about which Will Smith did this or did that. And then my favorite part is that the very last question was, which Will Smith do you want on your zombie apocalypse team? And he picked Dodger <laughs> Will Smith because, you know, he's got a bat. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I, I really I'm excited about actually both of my boyfriends this pick. I think this I felt good about ending our boyfriend profiles like this. So yay. So next week we're moving on to picking our pitchers. Oh right. We have more work to do. We have more work to do. And and as we've done in the past, we're gonna pick a team, like a, you know, a, a squad of pitchers. Oh shit. Yeah. What am I gonna do? Yeah, but we have fewer rules about that. You know, we've allowed each other to like pick the same team over and over again, and I might wanna do at least do one of those again. again. I don't know, but yeah, rules are funny. You know, we have crazy, crazy rules. So let's take a second actually to say, if you want to, Potty Mouth and I are going to assign these boyfriends to our fantasy teams. And we want to invite you to join us to play fantasy baseball. We're not going to open up 
the the draft of teams until after we select our pitcher. So after next week, but start thinking about who you'd like on your fantasy team. Um, you can't have who we picked. Sorry, we we lay claim because gosh darn it, we're in charge and we make the rules. But um, watch watch our social media for um, for more information about when it's time to start submitting your teams. And you do have to play by the boyfriend rules, which means ideally you should pick guys that you want to hang out with and have a beer. And definitely we're going to have a no can pick list. You can't pick assholes. You just can't pick assholes. It's just part of the deal. But what you have going for you is we now have three seasons worth of picks that we don't own anymore. Like we have a great list for people to work from. So I highly recommend you getting involved. Speaking of former boyfriends, my guy from the Blue Jays two years ago, another premature pick probably, Lourdes Gurriel, was fabulous in school picture day. Did you see this picture? I did. Uh, well, of course, we've all seen the picture of Smiley that you talked about last week of Fran- um, Francisco Lindor with his gorgeous blue hair and his Mets jacket, but he is not the only blue-haired player. Lourdes Guriel, also you know, known as the little ba- baby piña because his brother on the Astros is the piña, but both of them have like the pineapple hair. I-, I just love their hair. I love it when their helmet flies off and the hair flips. So his school picture, like one of them, is him flipping his gorgeous blue hair, and it is a must-see. Most excellent. Yeah, so the one I wanted to point out was um, was Shane Bieber of, of the Cleveland team? Mm. One of those wingspan pictures. Yes, and it was just a thing of beauty. It was a thing of beauty so much that I may want to pick the Cleveland pitching squad. But you'll find out about that next week, and we'll see what potty mouth is. But yeah, it's always fun to spin through. Fun. It's always fun to spin through the pictures. So we will definitely link to collections of school picture day for MLB for this year. Yeah. And you know what? So going over to CPBL, they have some pretty nice grooming there. I don't think I put it in my notes, but on uh, the Unilions, which is, of course, the team that I picked, that was the Taiwan Series champions from last year, defending champs, Maya Saru showed up with midseason hair form. Like his hair is mighty fine. He did not have a good opening day, however. He did not hit at all. I'm not sure how he did today. But that is the big news. The CPBL, which is the Taiwanese League, should try to find the T in there. It's not there. We've got some work to do. But they started, and you should be watching. And there's all sorts of free ways that you can watch. I think CPBL TV is fantastic, and you should go to CPBL Stats on Twitter to to find out all sorts of stuff. Actually, I think I put his link in our um, in our notes because he has a guide. You know, a guide to 2021 CPBL. Everything you need to know, how to watch, who's on the teams. Check out Rob's guide because it's fantastic. Uh, my I, so I got up at the Crocodon yesterday to see every minute of opening day from 4 a.m. Yay for daylight savings because starting next week Taiwanese baseball will be 5 a.m. for me. But they are playing at 78 percent capacity right now because in Taiwan they have this under control. But notice, still not Texas. You know, still our friend Daniel Shi who is doing the CPBL Twitter feed and he did it from Taiwan last year. Very safe, you know, understanding everyone wears masks. And now he's in Texas. Poor guy. And so to go from one to the other, I mean, I I, I know that he's being very careful. He's a very responsible dude. But man, you know, Taiwan has had so few deaths and they're still not at 100 percent. 
they're still not as Texas. Uh, but I was very confused turning on opening day because I found my Unilions defending championship, putting in a rookie starter, 20-year-old kid, starting against the league's MVP from last year, Jose de Paula and the brothers. And so from the get-go, I thought, what's going on? This is a really bad situation. Is it that the foreign pitchers just weren't ready, which is probably what happened, although they brought in Tim Melville for, for one inning of relief later in the game, and it was the fastest inning. The rest of the game, super slow. So Gulin actually did better than I feared. He only let up three runs in the first, which sounds much worse than it is because it took a very long time. None of them were home runs. There was a ton of small ball. It could have been much worse. And actually, he had two outs after the first run, and I really thought he was going to do it. But then at one point, the Lions had three runs and the brothers had one. And it was like this mirror thing. And I'm wearing my shirt right now to the last year of the Taiwan series when the Unilines were down three to one against the brothers. The brothers had won three games. Unilines had only won one. And it was this whole, can you make it back from three and one? So at that point, I had so much faith. I was like, this is all right. It's just the beginning of the game. Unilines are going to make it back. But no, not so much. It was, I think it was the four runs in the sixth inning, the eighth inning that finally made me say, oh, well, guess the brothers have won this one. But it is only the beginning. And the best part of watching opening day was the mascots. Watch Taiwanese baseball for the mascots. They had six mascots at this game. Six. <laughs> it seems excessive, so not, but no, you don't think it's excessive? Right. It was, oh, it was so beautiful because we know Lion because it's the unit Lions and Lion is the best dancer. Lion apparently has a girlfriend. Her name is Ying Ying and she's known as the Lioness and she was not there at all last year, but apparently she had been previous to that. So I don't know. Were if they, they taking a, a little time, time away? Did Jose Canseco maybe predict something? And then, <laughs> yep. That maybe that's where she was. Maybe she was hanging out with Jose Canseco. That, well, anyway, she's back. They're together as our open Chan, which is the rainbow doggo, space doggo, also seems to have a girlfriend whose name is Momo Chan. She's just pink. And then our friend She's Saba Boy, pink. if you weren't, I don't know. Well, open Chan has this, you got to see these. These guys, they have identical outfits. He's got the rainbow. She's pink. <laughs> and then, though, it gets better. So if anybody can't, wasn't can't get listening better. to us through uh, CPBL last year, you know that there's a fish head, right? So Saba oh, Boy yes. is the most endearing mascot. And if you haven't heard of him before, just like run and go look at Saba Head because he's a, he a fish head. So you can see his flesh from the backside if you get that angle. He was there also, you know, there's definitely rumor about he and Lion, Lion having a relationship last year. And then I think our friend Amber came up with that idea. And now Lioness is back. Maybe though? it didn't walk out with Saba Boy. Hmm? She was shipping though? Like Saba Lion or yeah, something? Yeah, yeah. Lion yeah, Boy? Yeah, Saba yeah. Lion. <laughs> Could be. Goodbye. And the last one though, you know, Patty, you, you would have liked this guy. Their Department of Justice had a mascot, an owl with like a scales of justice on his head. So when he danced, the scales were like swinging because around. Because justice is fluid and has rhythm. <laughs> it's 
So everybody go ahead, watch CPPL. There's everything for that you would want. There's cheerleaders, there's mascots, and you don't have to get up that early. <laughs> you can get up at noon is still going on. Seems like it. Uh, the the what the biggest thing I'm disappointed about. I, I'm disappointed that the Lions didn't win opening day. It was you know in their stadium. The president was there wearing a Lions jersey. They don't win. What I really wanted to happen was for them to break the record for the longest opening day game because that was four hours and forty nine minutes, and they were short by like three minutes. Oh my so god, that's just yeah. So they've got to so start close. all over again, like Will Smith did to get the consecutive. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So tune in next year. No, tune in sooner than that. Just super fast. We talked about KBO last week and how your SK Wyverns or Wyverns, depending on which pronunciation we, we go to, changed to the Landers and like how like boring is that to go from this dragon thing to something called the Landers? It's actually not as bad as you would think because it's a spaceship. So the spaceship landing. Yeah. If it, it, yeah. Cool. If aliens are landing, then I'm all about the Landers. That makes it so yeah. much better. So I feel a lot better about the Landers, except for that infield fly girl brought up that this is going from a W to an L. Yeah. You don't want an L on your forehead. You really don't. Yeah. Yeah. No. So that that kind of sucks. The Lions have it, but uh, oh, well. Uh, so their spring training, no fans, but they're opening April 3rd, only 10%, like that magic 10% in Seoul. And outside of Seoul, the, the teams that are outside of the city get 30%. So limited limited responsible baseball love the responsible baseball wow so the homework for this week for us is researching pitching we think we've we finished researching the um o's games that we're going to go to this year so Mm -hmm. that's mostly done so that's pretty good you all dear listeners should think about do you want to play on our fantasy boy fantasy baseball boyfriend league this year and if so start thinking about who you want on your team remember we have crazy rules like you can only have one player from any given team on your fantasy team so you really do need to reach out and can't just say hey i sure do love those rays or whatever you can't you one guy Mm -hmm. per team and as potty mouth pointed out nobody on the no fly list so more about that later but start thinking about that now until then you should you should hang out with us on social media Sure. If you want to connect, if you have any questions about the Fantasy Baseball League, you can direct message us, us on Twitter at NCBI, NCIB Podcast. Yeah, I'm at the end of that beer. <laughs> Facebook and They're Instagram at No Crying in B-Ball. So message us on any of those platforms and we will get you in the lineup. And, you know, the sooner the better, because we are going to have to do a cutoff. Patty's the commission. She's only got so many superpowers to go. So if you really want to play with us, let us know as soon as you can. Yes, please. And in the meantime, let your friends know about our podcast. If you think they'd like to hear us talk about baseball, you ought to look up some old episodes if you want to see what we had to say about some guys that you might want to think about as your baseball boyfriends, as members of your fantasy league. Please get your vaccines when it's your turn. Wear your masks all the time. Watch your distance. Wash your hands. Fight the man and say goodnight, potty mouth. Good night, potty mouth. Glad you saw that when you did. Whoopsie doopsie.